Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon, everyone. This is your call to worship. Today is the fourth Saturday of April, April 22nd, 2023. Greetings on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Milson Black. Welcome to Refuge from the Storm Church, a ministry of hope, encouragement, and purpose. We seek to serve targeted individuals in North America and around the world. To our regular members, our new listeners and guests, thank you for spending a portion of your Saturday with us. Your presence is very important to us, and thank you for coming. We pray that something that is said or done today will encourage you. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and God will exalt you. Remember, God is fighting your battles, arranging things in your favor, making a way even when we don't see it. Our serving team today is Brother Bob Pierce, a Zoom moderator. Sister Helena Thompson and Sister Sharon Taylor will serve as our ministers of music. Sister Sharon Taylor will offer the altar prayer. Pastors Terrence and Pam Wilson will deliver the preached word. Sister Greta Ayers will offer the invitation to discipleship. And I, Carolyn Cunningham, will serve as your worship leader. We ask all of you on this call to pray for in your daily prayers, Refuge from the Storm Church members, the worldwide church, our families and friends, TIs around the world, advocacy and activist groups, the loved ones of those who've died from targeting and catastrophic illnesses. Also pray for all government officials to be moved by the Holy Spirit to discern the will of God and to do it, and not to do their will. Please pray for world peace, all refugees, the worldwide climate crisis, especially for the Sudanese people. Pray for all victims of gun violence and their families. Pray for all children, especially those being trafficked, and pray for TIs who have had their children taken away unjustly by an unjust court system. Thank you for your attention. Now let us listen to our opening praise and worship song. After that, I will lead you to the rest of the worship service. As a friendly reminder, please mute your phone if there's any background noise where you are by pressing star six and be blessed. Holy Spirit, rain down. We are talking today about the Holy Spirit, and we are very glad to be here. We're just blessed again. Thank you, uh, Pastor Millicent, for, for inviting us again and always including us in your 
ministry. It's our honor to be a part of it. And today we're going to, Pastor has been teaching for the last maybe month or so on the Holy Spirit. And we will continue with that. And we have some new things to share. So I want to introduce my husband and pastor, Terrence Wilson. Good evening. Hello. I want to introduce my wife, co-pastor Pamela, Jesus Christ died for you. And our greetings to Reverend Black and her entire staff. We thank God for you, co-laborers and bond services, bond sinners of Jesus in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It is an honor and a privilege, as Pamela said, to be here, the fellowship again. And it is an honor to be among you because remember now, the, the Bible calls us a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and a beacon for the whole world to see. We thank God for the Holy Spirit because this is, you know, um, we're going to get into more that. Today we'll talk about who is the Holy Spirit. We talked about God the Father. We talked about Jesus, God the Son. And now we'll talk about the Holy Spirit. And I also want to thank everybody, wish everybody a happy after Resurrection Sunday. Because every day is Resurrection Sunday for somebody in the world who gave their life to Christ. And Jesus paid the Christ for our sins that we may be free and he abolished sin and death on the cross. And now we're free to proclaim it. And now we can receive the Holy Spirit like they did on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. Well, you know, um, it's interesting that Terrence mentioned Pentecost because we were somewhere, I guess it was just me and two of my family members. And I mentioned that Esther had been preaching on the Holy Spirit being in the Old Testament and in the New Testament before Pentecost. And one of my family members was saying that they had never heard the word Pentecost. So we were um, just, we began to think how important it is to understand the role of the Holy Spirit, because even Christians and other people don't understand much about the Holy Spirit and him as a person. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. People refer often to the Holy Spirit as a thing, like it, I had, you know, I received it or I received. And the Holy Spirit is a person, just as much as you would call Jesus he or God he. So the Holy Spirit is an, an entity in the in the Trinity. And it, he's not a mystical force. He's not an impersonal power. And he's not a thing. He is God. He's, he's just as much of the personality of God as God the Father and God the Son. And the Holy Spirit is a divine person. And also, too, remember this. You got people who are missaying things because they really do not know what they're even saying. They will say they will refer to God as the man upstairs or the, my higher power and all that. God is, Moses said, he is spirit. and He is holy. He said, when I went up to Mount Sinai, when I saw that beautiful sight and look upon it, he said, my eyes could not look upon him. I had to hide my face because he was so holy. It would have killed me to look upon him. He said, he's not flesh and blood. He's not the man upstairs on the second floor above you or beneath you. He is in heaven, ruling and reigning, and the earth is his footstool. Do you hear what I said? The earth is the Lord, and the earth is his footstool. And also, the Holy Spirit, I, you know, a lot of people don't realize that during World War II, when they had the conference between uh, President Roosevelt, Premier uh, Stalin, and the Prime Minister Winston Churchill during World War II, as the Second World War was getting ready to come to a close. They call it the Big Three in the media. They were three leaders of three different countries. But let me tell you something, the real Big Three is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, because he has, he has the whole world. And there's not a long dead and gone. 
but the Holy Ghost is here ruling and reigning in the presence of the Lord. And the Holy Spirit. So today we're going to kind of continue by saying, talking about seeing the Holy Spirit in Romans 10, verse 9. And Romans 10 and 9 is our really one of our favorite particular mm -hmm. lines because we do a lot of evangelizing. We witness a lot in, in public and in public places. And on our business card, on the back of it, we have Romans 10 and 9 um, that it tells the steps of salvation. And we all know that scripture, but we'll go into it. Um, but the Holy Spirit gives us comfort and hope and enables us to live out our salvation. That's the only way we can do it. I mean, the only way we can live in this world, as wicked as this world is, particularly us that are targeted, is that the Holy Spirit enables us and empowers us and strengthens us and guides us. Jesus even said he'd leave us a comfort and a guide. So we each became sealed with redemption when we trusted Jesus as our Savior. And this is clearly outlined in the book of Romans. So some people think that book is the most important book in the Bible. So I'll read um, a little bit. Well, I'll do that later because we're just going to go into this. Okay. Story. And you know what they said, Paul, also too, they said that Romans is one of Paul's greatest works. Right. One of his first books that he basically wrote, Romans. And also too, if we say this right now, which is Romans right, right next after Acts, is that Paul received the Holy Spirit. Remember when God knocked him off the horse, Acts right. chapter 9, right. and he couldn't see, was blinded by the holiness of Christ. He was blinded by the the out the, the spirit of Christ was so bright. That's why I say nobody can stand before God. I don't care what people think they could do in earth. There's nobody like our God. Amen. And let me, let, me, let me tell you this. Paul was so smitten. He was knocked off that horse he was on. Now, I also, I laugh about this. And I said, I don't know if it was a Clyde Stallion horse. Maybe one of those Budweiser horses, those big Clyde Stallion horses, you know, intimidate people when they ride that I'm the emperor and I'm this. When, when Paul was knocked off that horse, he had an encounter with Jesus that changed his whole life. And when that happened, remember the Holy Spirit had already been given a couple, a couple verses in Acts, in Acts chapter 2. Now this is Acts chapter 9 I'm talking about. And the Holy Spirit, not only did it humble Paul or Saul, who was little servant, and he became one of the greatest evangelists in the New Testament. Oh, we got power in our hands. We got a confidence that's greater than any force on this earth. But I can't make you believe that you have to receive it for yourself. The Holy Ghost alone could destroy this whole world. That's the power that it has. I don't think you understand. It is a force that is sent by God to comfort those who are going through trials and tribulations in the world. So now also too, in Luke, he is a force. He is a mighty force. Amen. Do you know that God intentionally put us here in the earth in this? Why did God put us here in this time, here and now, in this century? Why? It's not by coincidence. God had already assigned us here and also too, there are priests and prophets in the time when Jesus was there. Wish they could see in our place right now what they had prayed to see 2,000 years ago because they wanted to see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They wanted to see the comfort and they wanted to see the return of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes. So as we said, the Holy Spirit was here. In the Old Testament, you see, um, you see David saying, take not your Holy Spirit from taking not your spirit from me. And many references to the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, even before Pentecost, in the book of Luke, um, Mary was filled with the Holy Spirit when she said, be it unto me. Her cousin Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit when John, his, her son jumped in her womb when, when Mary showed up at her house. 
Then her husband was filled with the Holy Spirit, Zechariah. And so there's many references to the Holy Spirit. If you look at Luke chapter one and just read that whole thing, you'll see many references to the Holy Spirit. And also before and after um, Pentecost, you'll see references in the Bible after the book of Acts, where it talks about the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So this, the Holy Spirit is real. He's throughout the Bible. He's all throughout the Bible. So when Paul was writing the book of Romans, of course, he had been filled with the Holy Spirit. At that time, he'd been a Christian for about 20 years, or he'd been you know, teaching about Christ for about 20 years when he wrote the book of Romans. He wrote it while he was taking a rest for about three months in Corinth, and Rome would be the next on his schedule. So as he prepared to uh, go there. Okay. Well, Paul was on, as he the Holy Spirit, and he was on his way preparing to go to Rome. And that had been Rome. The Holy Spirit was also, the Spirit came upon him when he, after he became, a, he was an unbeliever, and then he became a believer in Christ. But let me add this also too. The Holy Spirit was already here. It was an outpouring on the church in the day of Pentecost, but the Holy Spirit was already here. So he was already ruling and reigning in the earth. Now watch this. He, the Holy Spirit, and you look in Genesis chapter one and two, God, the Holy Spirit, he came down, he created the earth, and he is a force. He is a mighty force of God, and he, cre he created the earth in Genesis, and then he, in Matthew chapter one, prophesied the birth of Christ, prophesied, as Pamela just said, the birth of John the Baptist, the PR person before Christ, who say whose shoes I'm not worthy to even loosen. And then also, too, then you go down in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit is outpoured upon the whole church on the day of Pentecost in the upper room. And all these people that were up there, were, some of them were different languages, and they were speaking in tongues in a native language, because of how born of the Holy Spirit came upon them. Amen. The Russian wind. So the Holy Spirit also inspired Paul when he was writing the book of Romans. And since the, that book was so important to the new believers, because of course that was Paul's, Paul's first published pen work that we can see historically, he knew his mission when he went to Rome was to declare Jesus Christ. And he wanted people to know that he was already submitted to Jesus Christ. He introduces himself in, in two ways. He says, I'm a bond servant of Christ. And then he says, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, the thing is, uh, we were we were at a service not too long ago, and they were talking about Paul being an apostle and what it means to be an apostle and what, over the years, it has turned into. And an apostle is somebody who sacrificially serves the Lord, like Paul did. Paul was beaten, stoned, in prison. Um, I remember him saying he had gone without food, beaten with three stripes, in prison, thirst, and hunger, and peril, and all these different things. Now, when you talk about people today that say, I'm a prophet, I'm an apostle, that word has taken on some kind of, the, this guy was talking about, this, it's taken on some kind of Hollywood type of uh, meaning where you think of these modern apostles have an entourage and they have, you know, someone opening the door and they got to have all these different people. And an apostle is just somebody who sacrificially serves the Lord. A prophet is somebody who prophesies for the Lord. He says, someone comes up to me and says, I'm a prophet. My name is prophet or prophetess. He said, don't tell me, just prophesy. <laughs> so Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was writing the book of Romans under, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And in his letters, he focuses on God's plan of redemption. The letter became so popular that it was distributed by many. Clement was reading it. They, they said it was really, really a very, very uh, wanted and well-read 
book because, of course, they didn't have the entire Bible at that time, but they did have some of Paul's writings. And Romans 10 and 9 outlines what one of his important book writings about what it means to be saved and how you would get saved. Okay. That is one of the scriptures that we, when we, when we rededicate somebody or say this, they say the sinner's prayer, we always go back to Romans 9 and 10. That is 10 and, 10 and, 10 and 9. And that is the scripture that we use to bring somebody into the body of Christ, become a born again believer, and they have to confess with their heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and believe that he's the son of God. And that's our, that's on our statement on Jesus Christ died for you also too. And also I will say this right now, he, the Holy Spirit is with us. He is a comforter, but you have the one that they want right now. You have to remember, just like Elijah told his young servant when he was in fear, when they saw the Syrian army, he said, fear not for flesh, for the arm of flesh is with them. See, it doesn't matter what somebody tried to do against you. They're not greater than God. You understand what I'm saying? I can go back, I can show you a long history of people that was struck down by God in that time, it came in that time, because sooner or later, God gonna render judgment. But one thing I wanna say this right now, what Elijah told his young servant is, the arm of flesh is with them, but there's more for us than against us. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have the Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit, present, a present help comfort in a time of trouble to give us comfort right now. We're going through some challenging, trying times right now. This is biblical time. This is like the final lap before Christ returned, the rapture okay. of the church. Okay. And what I'm saying is right now, that's why, gee, that's why he, the Holy Spirit, told Daniel to write the book in Daniel, the vision. 2,000 something years ago, he told, he thousands of years ago, he told Daniel to write down these things that was going to come to pass. And then he told them, he said, shut the book up. And then when he going into, into yeah. Revelation, he tells John, open up the book and reveal it because revelation really means the un un unveiling of God's plan at the end times. We are here right now. So John Daniel wrote the book, sealed it up, and John uh, revealed the book and opened up in the times to come because he knew that he, the Holy Spirit, was going to be our comforter and we were going to need to be informed. Now, Jesus told them, they said, Lord, show us when will these things take place. He says, do not worry. He says, let me show you this. But remember, when John went to heaven and got the revelation, he, the Holy Spirit, took him into heaven and he wrote down the things that he saw. When you read, so when you read Revelation, don't be afraid, rejoice, because the revelation of the Holy Spirit, he has shown us the things that was going to happen to come. So we know that when the Holy Spirit, and let me tell you something, there is nothing faster than God's Holy Spirit. He, the Holy Spirit, nothing is faster, not a gun, not even a lightning. The Holy Spirit moves quicker than you can blink your eye. Faster than you can shoot a gun. God can do these things, but his Holy, he, the Holy Spirit, can do all things. And Luke chapter 137 says, with God, nothing is impossible. Amen. Amen. And so if you think about the book of Revelation that Terrence does a lot of reading in, the Holy Spirit is the one who took John, people call him John the Revelator. How he's how is he able to see these things? Look at some of the things he describes. Some of them sounds like he says a, it looks like a giant locust in the sky the size of a horse. The hair was like a woman's hair. Think about what what does a helicopter look like? What does an Apache helicopter look like? If you're if you never if you don't know if you've never seen a helicopter, you don't know to say helicopter. All you know is it looks like a locust. And it the the, the things that the, the propellers it looks like a woman's hair when they're, when it's spinning around. So the Holy Spirit was showing John into the future. We we watch a lot of movies and different kinds of things about people going in the future. 
And, but in this case, it was a true vision that the Holy Spirit took John to, they talk, he was describing tanks, he was describing helicopters, he was describing beasts that ride over things and that they're, they have a long something coming out and they're spitting fire. That's like a tank. Those are tanks with, with sending out weapons and everything. So he saw the battle of Armageddon, I believe he was looking at. Um, but the Holy Spirit can take us to so many things and teach us so many things <clears throat> if we just only be still and listen. Even getting saved, you cannot believe that Jesus rose from the dead unless you have the Holy Spirit. I don't care. You can, I'll put it like this. Someone asked me, do you believe Jesus rose from the dead before I got saved? And I thought, you know what? I really never thought about it. Well, I think he did. Well, I taught it in Sunday school. I've asked other people who I don't think have really received the Holy Spirit. And they said, well, I guess so, or I don't know, or that's what they teach in Sunday school. Or that's what they, it's in the Bible. So, but not, yes, I'm convincingly, no. The way you can convincingly, the way you can believe the impossible, it's like, this is the only way you can believe because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Bible says that the spiritual things are foolishness to those who are carnal. They're foolishness to them. They think it's more foolish to believe a, a baby was born of a virgin or that uh, uh, Jesus rose from the dead. And that's one of the most important things. So that takes me to Romans 10 and 9. I'm going to read it. We read this all the time. Romans 10, verse 9. You can read along if you want to. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord or the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay, Romans 10 and 9 reveals the path to God's saving grace. Now, the verse was written to an audience of both Jewish and Gentile believers in Rome, and it emphasizes the importance of God's plan for salvation. So it has two sections, confess. Confessing is more than words. It's a public declaration of our allegiance to Christ. That's why it says confess with your mouth. It doesn't say like think it in your head. It says confess it out loud. Go down the aisle. That's why people go down the aisle and, and submit to his will for our lives. It's a public declaration. It's saying I'm setting myself and standing myself and holding myself apart as a Christian. Not a popular thing to do in, in 2023, in this day and age. The second part is really the most important part. Believe in your heart. God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, believing, confessing is one thing. Because a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus. People can walk down the aisle. They can walk down every aisle, every church in, in, in the world. But unless they believe in their heart, they're not really saved. And you believe in your heart through the Holy Spirit. I remember the day I got saved, I was in church, and I saw these people in there. I've been to Sunday school, but I saw everybody clapping and having fun and just rejoicing. I'm thinking, and I'm pretty sure I've told you all this before, but I'm thinking these people live in my same neighborhood. They don't have more money than me. Their kids go to the same school my kids go to. What's so good? Why are they so happy? I mean, this is just like, I don't get it. I felt like I was somewhere and everybody was in a club except for me. So I'm sitting there listening, and I said these words, don't know why I said them. I said, God, open my heart to receive your word and receive your spirit. That right there, I called on the Trinity. I said, God, the word is, God, is Christ. I said, receive your word and receive your spirit. Before I left that service, I was filled with the Holy Spirit, because I asked. Remember that scripture that says, if you know how to give gifts to your children, how much more will God give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? I asked. I'm like, Lord, I want to know what that, and the moment the Holy Spirit, I looked at some people, I get it now. I, it wasn't like I was an outsider anymore. I understood why they were joyful. I understood why they had hope. The Holy Spirit gives us that, nothing else. We can go to every uh, theological training on this planet. You will not understand and fully embrace the will of God and the will, the real purpose of his, him in your life without the Holy Spirit. 
You know, so too, believing also is this, is that a lot of people, as we said, as we celebrate Resurrection Sunday earlier this month, it is sad that other people who are, um, you got famous people, people to look up to, mm -hmm. saying there's other ways to heaven. Jesus said, Jesus said, uh -uh, I'm the light, the truth, the way. If you don't, he told the Pharisees, Caiaphas, if you don't believe that I am he, he said, you will die in your sins. sins. If yeah. you don't believe, if you want to try that little Russian ruler game, go ahead and try it. Other ways, you're going to find your path. There's a straight and narrow is the way, the Lord said. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection, the life. And he that believe in me, yet shall he live. But I will say this to you right now. If, the re if, if, if there were other ways, the resurrection was nothing but a phony joke. That's all it was. But we know that he is, that he's the only way and the first begotten of many brothers, the Bible says, and the Holy Spirit was given 40 days. He was given to us 40 days after Christ. Then how can you tell me there are other ways to God? And that's why I'm telling you that today, you need to ask God. The Bible says in Isaiah, if you keep your mind stayed on me, I will keep you at perfect peace. Regardless of what's going on, let me tell you something. What Jesus told the disciples this. He said, look, but when they, they, were, they were bathed before they were baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, when they were on the boat on Capernaum, and Jesus was laying down on a beauty rest pillow in the bottom of the stern of the ship resting, even though the storms of life was going on, they were fearful, Jesus, come save us or we perish. Jesus said, oh, ye of little faith. He said, don't you realize this ship can't go down? The son of man is on this ship. How can it go down? I can give one command to watch. He said, he said, got up and said, peace, be still. That's all he said. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't send an email or text to nobody. He just said, God said, peace, be still. He said, I am the son of the living God. I am the resurrection. I am he that they have talked about. I am Christ, the Lord and Savior. I am he. And now the Holy Spirit has been given to you. And then he also says this right now. He says, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. But he said, go to Jerusalem and stay there. And I'm going to sing you the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Mm. He said, I'm going to sing you the comforters. going to comfort you in these last days until I return. And when I come back, Will I find Philly, Holy Ghost Phil, a church without spot, without blemish, and calling on me, looking up for me every day, Titus 2.13, for that glorious, superior, wonderful Savior, and will they do the unfinished work that need to be done before I return? Will we be about God's business? And I'm going to tell you this, the Holy Spirit is here to help us, and he will guide us. And let me tell you this one more thing. You have to believe. Can nobody believe for Amen. you? You have to believe for yourself. Yes. You have to. Now, let me tell you something. I have never been to Israel. Me and Pamela were supposed to go, and we canceled the trip because of the fighting over there, and the whole country was set down. I do not need to. I don't have to get on no plane out of Atlanta, Georgia to go there to know that Jesus rose up from the grave. Amen. That tomb is empty right now. Amen. It's a, It is a museum, but it is empty. I don't have to go there. I believe it because I take God at his word. Now, the Bible tells us God cannot lie. The son of man, let, let God be the truth. What he said. And he said, let God be the truth and let every man be a lie. God has never told a lie. Let me tell you something about the book of Daniel. He, the Holy Spirit, told Daniel to write the book. He told us, and almost every one of Daniel's prophecies have now come to pass. There's only a few more left before the Son of Man comes. That we are so close right now. And whatever God has called you to do, you better you do it because do it. that hourglass is yeah. running out right now. Yes. And I'm going to talk about that later. Go ahead, sweetie. Pick back up on the Holy and Spirit. And you know, the thing He's is the with the Holy Spirit, Spirit that the Holy Spirit is just giving us hope. 
He's giving us hope today. Amen. Today, Amen. not back then when he was there 2,000 years ago. He was there when, when God said, let us make man in our image. Yes. He's here today. April 22nd, 2023. He is here right now. He has given us the zeal, the desire, the hunger, the thirst for him. We wouldn't have that. We wouldn't have anything of those of those longings for God without the Holy Spirit. Look at the world. We they they have become wickeder. They don't value life. They don't value um, authority. Young people just they don't value just human life. I mean, someone a ball goes in somebody's yard and they go shooting a, a little right. tiny ball. Somebody turns into a driveway and gets blasted. Somebody knocks on a door and gets shot. Somebody goes into school and just starts killing people. That these are demonic spirits roaming the earth. This is the world we live in. But God is telling us to occupy, not to get weary and well doing, and keep going and keep pressing forward, even as the wickedness continues. He said, "Remember when these things happen. Remember, I told you already that when you see these things, look up. My your redemption draws now. He didn't say the day or hour. No one knows it. Not even the Son. Even only the Father. But He did say this." That when you see these things begin to happen. So we're not preaching because just because we we want to preach, we're preaching because we're compelled in the Holy Spirit. He's put it in us. He put where I could meet my husband, and I knew I was gonna be preaching the gospel. I had a dream that me and my husband was preaching the gospel again before I met my husband, maybe like a year or two before. And the Holy Spirit even tells us that. So we confess, okay? It's more than just saying it. We believe the Holy Spirit is our belief. Even in Mark 16, 17, where it says, he who believes and is baptized is saved. Remember that? But he who does not believe will be condemned. Does it say who isn't baptized? No, because baptism is not the key to it. And really, to be honest, and people argue with me about this, baptism, you don't need baptism to be saved. You do need to believe. You can believe, get baptized from, from any every river that you can dunk in and every pool and every baptism well. But if you if you go, like I heard somebody say, if you go in that water and come up not believing, you're just a wet sinner. You're still, you're not saved yet. You're saved when you believe. Mark 16, 17 says, whoever does not believe will be condemned, not whoever's not baptized. So when we confess and believe, believing is the key, then we begin growing in Christ. Then we begin an ongoing process of spiritual growth that enables us to pursue a godly life. It enables us to, even when we fall short, and we're going to, but we're still going to have a desire to do the right thing. And let me say something about this too. So we're going to have the desire to do the right thing, even if we have generational curses, we can ask God to break them. Even if we have different compulsions, we can ask God to stop them. Even if we have bad habits, we can ask God. What we should not and, and, and do as, as believers that are filled with the Holy Spirit is say, Lord, let me stay the way I am, or I'm, I, this is how I am, and let me find a way to justify how I am. No, whatever you have that's a stronghold, be it a drug addiction, be it any kind of sexual thing that's against what God says in the Bible, be it an anger issue, an impatience, be it anything, this is the Holy Spirit is going to give us the desire to not want to be that anymore, to want to get better. And I, we preached one time, we used a secular song called Man in the Mirror. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives you the desire to look at yourself and make that change. Look at yourself. You can talk about the world all day long. You can talk about this one's sin and that one's sin. Guess who's the best best place to start? 
take a look at yourself. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is saying, you can do this better, you know, and it's a loving way, but he's going to tell us he wants us to change. So after we get filled with the Holy Spirit and start growing in Christ, then what do we get there? Okay, so also we talk about spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts were, as the Bible says, they're spiritual gifts, and you ask God, use the spiritual gifts with wisdom. Ask God, let, let he, the Holy Spirit, teaches us in wisdom and understanding. And what gifts we have, let us never use them to boast our own ego. Amen. And this, this is the thing that's sad right here. I, you know, some people call me Brother Wilson. I don't, I don't, do not bother me at all. It doesn't bother me. Pastor, well, that's fine. I don't, I really don't care nothing much about titles. That doesn't mean it. I just want to do the will of Him that sent us. That's I don't get, I don't get. But I'm what I, what I'm saying to see is that it's become the name apostles. Pamela said earlier, it's become like an impressing mm -hmm. title yeah. to appease people, to use people, and get get adoration and glory for themselves. Okay. And you better be careful when you're sitting in the seat of Christ because you may not be able to, you can only play Christ for so long before you fall. Ask the sons to see, see what happened to them when they were playing with them demons and they almost got killed and ran out of there. This is serious business right now. The spiritual gifts we're talking about, what are the spiritual gifts so, we're talking about? There's different types and you can read those in Romans chapters 12 all the way through chapter 15. It talks about different various spiritual gifts. and what we want to do is just ask God, what are your gifts? And you may already know what they are. And then ask God to stir up your gifts so that we can do better work and get better and do more and do more for him as he comes here. And some of our gifts are to endure, endure during, during severe amounts of persecution. And I've said this before, I'll say it again. You could be under a significant amount of persecution and still be in the exact 100% perfect will of God. John the Baptist, perfect will of God. Peter, Paul, all these people suffered greatly for the gospel. And they were in the perfect will of God. And it's, it's, sometimes it's, it's a little hurtful. And I can see that some might say, Lord, why are you allowing us to go through this? Why? But he has a purpose. Even in our suffering, he has a purpose. Our spiritual gifts are things like being able to, to read, to prophesy, to, um, you know, show uh, hospitality, the gifts of administration. There's so many different kinds of spiritual gifts that God would give us. And we need to pray daily that the Holy Spirit would help us and guide us. Remember Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will send you my spirit and he will teach you and remind you of all the things I've said. And he will guide you in all truth. Truth. The truth is not that life doesn't matter until a child is at home from the hospital. The truth is not that you can just choose whatever gender you want. That's not the truth because the Holy Spirit is going to guide us to what the Bible said, to what Jesus and God in his word said. The truth is not, well, this person doesn't matter, so I'm going to kill that person. Or this person uh, offended me, so I'm going to shoot them with a gun. Or they're balling on my yard, so I'm going to shoot them in the head. I mean, that's just insanity. So we're going to walk in the truth and the Everybody doesn't agree. Everybody pretty much disagrees with violence, but everybody doesn't disagree with some ungodly things that are being promoted as godly. They're, 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 they're going along with it and it's not good. The Holy Spirit should compel us to say, then you know that's not right. I know this guy used to always say my spidey sense, like Spider-Man. He said, something is telling me this is not right. Guess what that something is for us, the Holy Spirit? He's telling us, you know that's not right. Don't go sitting around endorsing a whole bunch of things. And don't go sitting around endorsing, well, nobody has to get married anymore. Just go ahead and have a family. No. It, God didn't say that. He didn't say it. So 
We're supposed to emulate what God wants us to do. Of course, we made mistakes. But here's the thing that I also want to say, and this is not, this is way off, kind of on a rabbit trail, but I want to say this part. Even if we messed up in certain areas of our life, we're not supposed to say, well, I'm not going to say anything because I did the bad thing when I was 20 years old. No, no. You want them to do the same crazy thing that you did at 20? Don't do, do something else. Just because you, I've heard people say so many times, well, I can't tell my child this because I did this. Tell them that, look at them. I, I wish I would have known earlier. That's what I said. I said, Dad, how come we didn't read the Bible more? My dad was reading the Bible all the time. He never read it to us. He was just like, sitting in the corner reading it. And, I, you know, I, I could have used the Bible. So whatever we do, we need to line up with God's word. The Holy Spirit will tell us, teach your children. I mean, Titus, where, where else does it talk about it? it well, it talks about raising up a child in the way it should yeah, go. Yeah, throughout the Bible. But also, too, it, it tells us, too, a lot of these arguments is one person wanting their will over the other. Right. One Who's want to be right over that? The, if we go to the word of God, all arguments would cease. Amen. If we go to the Amen. Bible, Amen. the whole argument will argue. It reminds me when the Holy Spirit came up, when he came upon, when the Holy Spirit came upon King Solomon, and this is one of the things that God showed him. Solomon went, but he before he did with King King, he went and he he said, Lord, give me a gift of wisdom so I could judge your people righteously. And so when King Solomon was seated on the throne after King David had died and passed on the glory, two women was brought before him and it was a child. One said it was hers. The other one lied and said it was hers. Well, King Solomon had to make a decision here because it was two women, one child. One of the women had laid upon her child accidentally and fell asleep, was a heavy sleeper and killed her child. And he switched it to the other woman and the other woman said it was her child, so it was confusion here. So now you had the one child had died and one was living. So the one that wasn't the mother lied and said she was the mother. So King Solomon had to make a wise decision. So the court stood there, they waited for him to make a decision because they knew that, the, that he, the Holy Spirit resided upon him. Remember, King Solomon was the wisest king, even wiser than King David, according to the Bible. But when King Solomon said, he said, well, I tell you what, just decide to draw your sword. Let's just, since they want to, they, they was arguing back and forth, back and forth, who was right, who was wrong. And this is what's going on in our country right yeah. now. It's no longer, we're going we gonna to go to God's word for the mm -hmm. truth and understand. It's my way. It's the wrong, it's the only way I know. Right. And if you don't agree with me, you're going to be annihilated. You hear what I'm saying? But King Solomon said, I tell you what, he said, place the child on the throne before me, Josiah. He put the child there, he said, take your sword and cut the child in half. Because we're not getting nowhere like this. The women are arguing back and forth. So he said, take your child, and before Josiah, his soldier, could cut the child, he said, hold your sword. And the woman said, the woman, the first woman, she said, look, if, if it must be for the spirit of the child's life, give the child to her. I'd rather see it live with her than to see this child harm. And King Solomon knew in his mind then who was the real mother. The other one lied because she said, I don't care if this child got to die, I'm going to get my way above everything else. See, the Holy Spirit, he came upon King Solomon mm -hmm. to give him wisdom to rule and righteousness. So he, he knew right then, he said, you know what? This one on the right is the mother because she was willing to give the child away so it don't be hard. Right. The other one said, no, I would rather see this child dead if I can't get my way. There's something about Satan. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what, and that's what I've been telling a lot of people in the church. Now, let me tell you something. I fill up my car every week. I fill up Pamela's car every week before we go out in and out all day long. 
If you don't spend more time in the word of God, filling up, you can't be filled with, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit, but you have a responsibility that you must study to show yourself approval. Because if you don't read that word, this is what I've been telling everybody in our church. If you do, I give you the Bibles for free. They're donated to our church. Me and Pam give away for free. We don't ask for anything. If you don't spend time reading your word, if you don't spend time with God, it is your fault, the reason why you're not getting a victory, because you, you're, you're, you're not filling up on the things of God. If you Wait, spend more I, time, if you're, if you, no, 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 hold your peace. In the name of Jesus, you hold that right now. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. This is not a debate. If you're not filling up on God's word, and then if, you're not, if you're not spending time with God, then that, that is your, that's all our responsibility. My, I get up every morning at five o'clock and I pray. I spend time in my scriptures. Pamela, get up early morning, spend time, pray, read scriptures and fellowship. But that is your responsibility. That is not just only your pastors. You must read the word for yourself. And at that time, as we were students, the Holy Spirit would also lead us and guide us. And sometime when God wakes you up in the morning, he'll lead the Holy Spirit. He will lead you to a scripture, a scripture. that you need to have for that day. And you know what? That isn't really important, dear, because God does that to me all the time. I'll wake up, a scripture will be on my mind, a song will be on my mind. I'll go in there in our prayer room and start praying it because Terrence is already up and he's already gone downstairs and our other prayer room is upstairs. And so I'll go in there. Well, I want to read from Romans, uh, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, I want to read from Romans 8, uh, verse starting in verse 27. It says, in the same way the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, Helps in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself, there we go, Himself, who intercedes for us with groans words cannot express. And He searches the hearts, and, and who uh and He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know God that in all things God's work together for the good for those who love Him and those who have been be called according to His purpose. So it talks about right now the Holy Spirit. It quick, he quickens you. He quickens you and he intercedes for you. And in many, in, in, when we pray in tongues, it's the Holy Spirit that's praying. And we, we won't get into that because there's a lot of doctrinal differences about that. But praying in tongues is the Holy Spirit talking directly to God on your behalf. It's like if you had an attorney and he was speaking to the judge for you. The Holy Spirit is speaking. He's interceding when you speak, when you're praying in tongues. You don't know what you're saying. Well, that's why the Bible talks about your mind being unfruitful. But your spirit is 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 uh, connected with the Holy Spirit, and you're praying the perfect prayer at that moment. Um, anybody that wants to know more more about that, ask talk to Pastor Millicent, and she can talk to us. But the Holy Spirit really is a part of our our, our worship. Okay. Okay. So First Corinthians six nineteen says the Holy Spirit lives inside Christians. So I'm going to read that First Corinthians six nineteen and I didn't pull it up, but I'm. Okay. Do you not know that your, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you and who you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought with a price. The Holy Spirit resides in us when we receive Jesus Christ. Do not take for granted the presence of the Holy Spirit. Practice the presence. Listen to him. He's telling you things. You know, people say it all in 9-11 and different earthquakes and stuff. Something told me not to go in that building that day. The Holy Spirit. You, you were going to cross the street and a bus was on the way over there. <laughs> to run you over you step back something told me to step back the holy spirit if you listen to the holy spirit i'm not saying you'll never have problems or, or something that's right but you will be your your life will, will be much more 
victorious, it'll be much more God-centered when you start listening to that voice in your, in your body, within you. The Holy Spirit will talk to you. He enables us to depart from worldly thinking and think more like God. We think differently than the world. And if you still think like the world, you've got some work to do. If you still think like worldly people do, you still got some work to do. There's nothing wrong with it. We're all growing and we're not going to be finished till we get on the other side. Keep growing. And cultivating also the, the, the characteristics of God as the Holy Spirit. That's why I said, <laughs> be ye holy because I am holy. One day I remember I was, I was reading the scriptures for about two hours straight. I don't think I even stopped and probably go go and get something to drink. And as I was reading the scriptures, I remember the Holy Spirit told me in my head that my grandfather had passed away. I said, well, let me see if it's true. I called up. True enough, he had died two or three hours earlier that day. I was reading it, and nobody even had to told me that. The Lord showed me that because I was in his presence that day. He said, your grandfather passed away. I didn't believe it, but I said, well, I'll tell you what, if it's true, I'll receive it. My grandmother, grandfather passed away, and that was it. But the Lord had showed me that before it was even told to me. He had already revealed that to me because I was sitting in his presence. See, God will take the peace of fear. When you're in his presence, the spirit of fear and anxiety will cease when you're in his presence. Because God, everything around you, surround you, and that he, the Holy Spirit, will keep you and guide you. Now, the one thing I'm going to tell you this right now, we are entering a season right now. We need to pray. And that's what I'm telling you. If you're not spending time in God's word, you're not battle ready. The enemy is going to wear you down because you're not working with nothing. That's why he said, I leave you my word to travel. Serpents. That's what Jesus said. He said, I gave my word. Oh, you got to do a study. And when, when, when you feel like that you're dealing with oppression, depression, depression, or voices like that, give the word back to them just like Jesus did when he was in the wilderness of 40 days and 40 nights. Don't even Satan did. Satan knew the Bible himself, but he twisted the word. And, and Jesus said, no, that's not true, Satan. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. It is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. It is written, I will not cast down myself and kill myself because that's what you want me to do, and I'm not going to do that. But I'm going to do the will of him who sent me. Now, there are a lot of people right now, they're so caught up in all these crazy shows they're watching on TV. Be careful because all that stuff is to keep your mind so much on this world that you're not even thinking about God. Let me tell you something. A lot of people say, oh, I'm going to get all the money I can. Let me tell you something about Romans chapter uh, 16. I you know chapter 6, 16 talks about, about the great and terrible day of the Lord is coming. You know what that means? That means that you could have all the money in the world, but you get something. You're going to have all the money piled up over here. But if the world is, is almost in full chaos right now, you know, I just read something. I just read something recently, not too long ago. President Biden, y'all pray for him that he make the right decisions for this nation and do the right thing, all our leaders. But right now, the United States, I believe the Senate has just approved we're going to send nine, almost 800 and something billion dollars to Taiwan. I told you, it's going to get hot. The Bible talks about the third war that's coming. We had World War One. A lot of people said, oh, we're not going to worry about it. We're just going to enjoy our life one day at a time. It came. It killed millions of people. Then World War II came. killed 50 to 60 million people. All affected the whole world. World War III is right around the corner. Do I want it? No, I don't. No, I don't. It's nothing really comes out of war. A lot of dead people, a lot of destruction, even in Ukraine. Even Ukraine witnessed the casualty limit is going to be high. The repairing of the country is going to be an unbelievable amount of money. And then nothing will be going out of it. You'll, you'll save your country, but it'll be decimated. Destroyed, completely annihilated. 
right now, as I told you right now, I just re did some more research. President Biden is already sending troops into Taiwan. Something's getting ready to go down right now. Secretary Blinken is all over in Asia right now, trying to gather more support with Japan and South Korea right now. Something can go down right now. You got Russia coming in from Ukraine, and you got trouble in the Middle East could ruin any time right now. That means you got a war in the in Eastern Europe, you got a war in in Asia, and then you have a war in the Middle East. That's that's going to open up the threshold for World War Three. This is coming right now. But the Bible says it's going to come. But God said, hold it, hold it. God said, I looked, he said, hold it. I looked up in Revelation chapter one, and they fell down saying, holy, holy mm -hmm. is the Lord mm -hmm. God praise Almighty, praise who is and was and yet come. And in Revelation, you go back in Revelation chapter four and one, it talks about, come up hither. Now, let me tell you the good news. <laughs> the good news is this. We don't have to be here when it comes because the Bible talks about the, the battle of Armageddon when it happens, we will be caught up in a moment of a twinkle of an eye and we will be snatched away. And the Bible said it will be so much turmoil in the world that it never happened and never will occur again. And, I, and then when we come back seven years later, Jesus said, when I come back, then don't forget the rapture is the back to the second exodus of the church. The one, the first one was from Egypt into the promised land. And they were rebellious against God and wound up in the wilderness for 40 years. And that generation died out and only two families got into the promised land that came out of Egypt. And that was, I believe, that was Joshua and Caleb. It was the only two that got in there. And now this time, Jesus said, when I come back, the Holy Spirit and I, he is coming with me. And we are coming back to get my, but that means Jesus will come back at any time. And when he come back, are we going to be ready? Are the work we're going to do, the Holy Spirit uses us to Will it be finished? So that's why I'm telling you, don't fret not because the Bible talks about Matthew chapter 24, rumors of war. Now, we got another war breaking out in Sudan. You got another problem. We don't even have, have no more money right now to give out no more. We all these storms. We got problems right now. God help us. But Jesus said when all of them, a lot of people said this, hold on. A lot of people said, hold on. These things have a voice. Yes, true. But he said when all these things happen at the same time, know it's that getting it is worse and worse it is getting worse and all these things going to take place where are we going to get the money now look at this right now we are 32 trillion dollars in debt right now we're going to have to give two more trillion to ukraine to rebuild a country if this war ever ends then we're going to have to give hundreds of millions of dollars to repair all the storms that we had this year and last year throughout the midwestern parts of the united states then we got another problem. A lot of people are not looking at this. We got a problem with our water system in the United States. Oh, yes. A lot of our water is contaminated, and we can't live without water. You know that, right? We need water. We got, we got water. Come stop, on. We got water. There you go. There you go. We got no so water in the last in our basement. It's stopping up and do something. And the middle thing, I was right. you the thing yes. we bought on Amazon, the, yes. the water lasted 10 years. It's a but anyway we stored it up i had a dream one time this was several years ago i had a dream but at the last days before christ raptured the church it was chaos throughout the world matter of fact i had picked up the phone in that dream and the rapture had not happened it was so much chaos that when i called pick up the number to call the police they said we don't have nobody to see you you got to fend for yourself that means the police was running back home to take care of their own families you better take care of yourselves and do whatever God called you to do because the world is getting worse and worse. 
This is not by the corners, but I'm telling you something. He, the Holy Spirit, is here with us, omnipresence. We don't have to fear anything because Jesus said these things must come to pass because if they don't, then he can't return. But it sometimes it takes these things to get us closer back to God. Why? Because the way we are, he, the Holy Spirit, he who is the Holy Spirit, he is third part of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you got a comforter even in this situation right now. Now, I, my heart right now goes out. Remember, he's a helper, he's a guider, he's a convictor, and he's a comforter. And also, my heart go out to all those families that lost children. I don't know how I would deal with it. I know I had a relative of mine killed in gun violence, robbed in a store, was gunned down for nothing less than $100. I know how that feels, but I don't know how it feels to lose a child. I don't have no idea what kind of pain that is. But God help them, and I hope that they get everything they need. I hope, I pray for healing. You don't get, you don't get over it. You get past it if you don't get over lose a loss of a child. But I tell you one thing: get ready, because He's a helper, He's a guide, He's a convictor, He's a comforter, and He is your friend. Jesus, that, that's the kind of God that we serve. See, when Jesus made the ascension back into heaven, He did not leave us alone. He says, "I send you the Comforter, so I will go away." The comforter is going to take you to the last lap of the journey right now. We are in the, we had the first act, second act, and now this is the third. This is the final lap. Jesus is about to return. Y'all get ready and whatever he calls you, do it with all your soul, all your might, all your strength. And don't be distracted because a lot of things want your attention. But I'm going to tell you this, as, as the Bible says, if God be for us, who could be against us? If God be for us, who and God, let me tell you something. You got the Holy Spirit, Paul. That's what Paul says. If God be for us, if, if you got the Holy Spirit, He's for you. Mm -hmm. Believe me, He's He's already stamped and sealed you and got your reservations for heaven. God bless you, y'all. Go in peace, and we love y'all. And believe me, it's all with the love of God. Don't worry about what people think or what people say. Worry about what God is going to send us for eternity. That's more important because people don't have a heaven and hell to put you in. Amen. Remember Amen. that. God Amen. bless you all, and we will. We're going to mute now and we love you and uh, we're just going to turn it back over to Sister Carol. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.